This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Defense and special teams. It's not where we want to be. So we're at minus two tonight. It's not really a good formula. Honestly, lucky it wasn't worse than that, to tell you the truth. And now Brady's going to launch one all the way downfield. And the double coverage and have it picked off at the 21-yard line. Deshaun Shed, and that's the first interception thrown by the Patriots this season. That last play, do you think there was enough contact on that play to warn a flag? Uh, I mean, I think it called. I mean, it is what it is. If it's not a uh, PI to the refs, then it's not a PI to the refs. So, uh, play is what it is. Can't really change it. 14 seconds now. Wilson dancing around. Better be careful. Oh, yeah, very. And then oh. in the catch is Doug Baldwin. He gets free for the touchdown. Wow. And you ask yourself, where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? And welcome. Another week of the stretch run on a Monday here. As I was just saying, a crossover. A gorgeous November Monday. Is it really November 14th or is it May 14th? I mean, it feels like spring outside right now. I feel like we should be uh, having on our Red Sox uh, guests and talking some baseball. There's some baseball we can talk at some point in the show. Lots of player movement going on, but... No, we got plenty of plenty of football to talk about, plenty of Bruins, plenty of Celtics talk, little UFC 205 with our man Gabriel Morenci later in the show. We got a great lineup here. I'm Jimmy Murphy, your host here, Justin Sullivan working the boards. This is the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. 
I thought that song was uh, appropriate for the Patriots last Very night. Very appropriate, yeah. I don't know where their mind was. <laughs> I don't know where Gronk's mind was when he's more concerned with pushing off on uh, Cam Chancellor than catching the ball. I, I mean, did he Trying have, to recover from the hit he took was, from Chancellor. <laughs> well, it was my, my question to him is, was there even any objective to catch the ball, or was his yeah. objective to somehow <laughs> get like a call to, from the ref? It's almost like he was trying to block on a run play. Like he, just, yeah. he just went after that. Did guy. somebody clue him in that he was the target? <laughs> and, 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 Brock, and, the look, ball's coming to you. It's the last play of the game. And Be I ready. say that because uh, you and I had this discussion off air, Justin. I think he was messed up from that hit. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he was right. I, I think really, there were some after effects. I there. really don't. And I was stunned that he was back as fast well, as he was. That would explain the movie Concussion and the uh, NFL c- concussion he, suits that they have against him right now. I, I don't know the exact count, but it was not. He didn't take a lot of plays off. It was very, very immediate. He took and, one. One? Yeah. Yes. Like, I, because he said it in his press conference, oh, I, was, I just got the wind knocked out of me. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. You're no. fi- you were stone-faced. You get the, yeah, when you get you the were, wind knocked out of you. You were like straight stone-faced. Like when you, you get the no wind emotion. knocked out of you, yeah. you don't look like you just uh, partook in some activities that go on at the school where the Pixies <laughs> went to. That would be UMass Amherst. You just, uh, he, he got laid out. He got, and he said in his, the press conference, he said, yeah, I got laid out. Yeah. But you got laid out and you, got a, you, you were not there. You were right. not on the same planet. And, and furthermore, <laughs> there was another tight end. On the Patriots, uh, the Black Unicorn? Yes. Uh, he's having a pretty damn good game. Yep. So why not go to him? Why not, why not just run a play? Like, or why not just run the ball? <laughs> like, run, you know, run, you had this guy who yeah. had three touchdowns already. Yeah. Pl- playing pretty well, yeah. Yeah, airplane. playing pretty well. You had James White, who I thought had a good game. Uh, there were a lot of options you could have done there. Now, now, the guys before us were saying that the situational football was, wasn't the move to make there. That they should have just pounded it in. I disagree. I, I, I think that Belichick looked at his team and he said, these guys are getting <laughs> shredded <laughs> shredded right now and I have no faith and that's that. Yeah. So there's nothing going to do. He had to do what he had to do in that moment and I think that was the best call with situational football. Of course, you know, if Brady holds on to the ball. <laughs> yeah, the, everyone's kind of forgetting and, that. And, hey, you know who didn't forget it though? Brady admitted it right yeah. away. I mean, good for him taking the blame there. Um, just a... A frustrating game, I think. I think th- what really frustrates me the most is the game planning. The game planning, and I've said this a couple times this year, and I usually don't say it. The game planning, this is what this team does, is they game plan. And when I looked at this game, and you look at Russell Wilson, what is the one thing that he does better than anyone else in the league? Get outside the pocket, create plays. So you would think that you don't need to delay blitz him. The amount of delayed blitzes I saw from Hightower last night blew my mind. What did Russell Wilson do last night, though? And he he stood there and threw it all over you. He wasn't going outside the pocket. He threw it all over you. And and the Patriots just decided, but we're still going to play it like he is going outside the pocket. I could could not stand the game plan last night. I thought there was way too many delayed blitzes. I don't understand why there was no improvement. There was no change. It was just, they just dropped back in zone. And it really didn't matter because they were getting shredded in zone or man. It didn't matter. They could not cover last night. And I don't. That's a problem. And this is a team that you may face again, you know? I'm going to say two things here, and, and we'll, we'll move on, give you our show list, and we will, we're going to talk plenty of Patriots in NFL, don't worry. But my two takes from that were the bye week jinx was in effect completely. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, no, I yes, they came right out and they marched down the field and got a touchdown. But I think that almost, in effect, was bad for them because it made them feel this false sense of comfort. Like, we're going to walk all over this team. Yeah. Like, this is going to be easy. And 
to Seattle's credit, and I, I don't hear many, of course, in the New England area, except for the Patriots, and I believe them when I say it. I don't think it's, you know, them just throwing praise no, no, for the heck is, of it. it I think legit, they're sincere. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll, I know New England fans don't want to hear this, Pete Carroll came in with a great game plan and was had his team way more prepared yeah. than the Patriots they were. They were ready to go. And they executed it. And that's the difference. That, to me, is the difference. Yeah. The Patriots made a ton of mistakes that they don't necessarily make, and I relay it back to my first point. There was rust. Yeah. There was rust there. And you say, well, how can you have rust in two weeks? You do. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings had plenty of rust. They, they still have And they still do. Yeah, they still haven't <laughs> they still shed haven't that rust yet. yet. Uh, yeah. The Atlanta Falcons had it for a while. Yep. They went back to it yesterday. All these powerful teams, these you know, potential Super Bowl contending teams, have now gone into their buys and come back completely different. I hope, and I, I would imagine, I, I, I think the Patriots are in a different category than the Falcons and Vikings. They're in a whole other level. Yep. But I, you know, you would hope that they take the lessons learned, and there was plenty last night, and they move forward, and they apply them. And Bill Belichick said it best last night. He said, it could have been a lot worse. (laughs) It could have been a lot worse. So you can take a a silver lining there and say, well, you know what? If that was their stinker, and it came down to a fourth and goal to to, to tie it, then we'll take it. Yeah. And you move on. Yeah. And that's it. And look, it was an exciting entertaining game for the fans to watch. Finally, the NFL gets a good Sunday night game. Yeah. I mean, it was an entertaining game. But for a coach, I can imagine, you know, Belichick had to get his blood pressure levels checked. Driving uh, me nuts. Yeah. driving. I'm sitting at home screaming at my TV yeah. all night. Especially, like, fumbles. Like, that doesn't happen. You just – the Patriots just don't turn over the ball ever. No. And they lost the turnover battle last night. Yeah. Completely lost the turnover battle. There that were flipped a lot of it, you know? A lot of – Failures when it comes to X and O's, and that's why we're going to have John Serenades. <laughs> yep, X and O Joe will be joining us at the top of the second hour. But before that, we're going to talk to Coach Sean McDonald. Of course, they're coming off a loss to Albany. Uh, another bye week jinx. Not a good one. Not a good loss. Well, what did they have the week before? Yeah, a there, bye. There it is. <laughs> There's a trend. I see. What a the trend heck's here. going on here? I see a trend with these bye weeks. Say bye to bye weeks. How's that? <laughs> Pun very much intended. I love that. Uh, we will also talk to Cole Wright, as we do every Monday and Friday at 420, 425-ish, uh, of the NFL Network. We'll bounce around. There were some great, great games yesterday. I Really, with the, I mean, with the exception of San Fran, Arizona, Jackson, no, even Jacksonville, Houston was kind of exciting. I mean, almost pretty all the games, games across the board were exciting Some yesterday. Some weird endings, a yeah. lot of action, pretty good games. Yeah, and by the way, we are never playing San Diego <laughs> Superchargers on a Friday yeah, again yeah, before a, this a, we're just the gonna, weekend. I'm just going to cut that out of the whole we system. We have completely <laughs> jinxed my Chargers. And man, did they choke. That was like a choke job for the ages Yeah, there I'm just going to rip San that Diego. right out of there. We're yeah. never going to play it again. We'll play it post if they win, <laughs> but it's only a celebratory song from now on here on the stretch run. Uh, we also will recap the weekend that was in Celtics basketball. They bounced back with two wins. One of them they should have gotten, yeah. and the other one they shouldn't have. Uh, so we'll talk about their win over the Knicks, which you know was a win they were supposed to get, and a win over Indiana, which I think a lot of people would agree was a surprise and an upset. Uh, and it was according to the Vegas lines as well. So uh, we will talk about the Celtics. 
NBA and some college basketball. His college basketball is back in full swing. So our man uh, Sean Sindel will be happy. He'll want yes. to turn, tune in at 445. And we welcome, welcome on former UMass Amherst basketball coach. He was there in the glory days when I was a student there uh, with Marcus Camby, Lou Rowe, John Calipari. Ah, uh, yes. Final four days, even though it's not up there in the rafters because they got it yanked. <laughs> Uh, for violations, it still happened. And uh, <laughs> we may go down memory lane there, Peter and I. Peter Yiannopoulos is a NCAA and NBA analyst with RDS, French-speaking network up in Montreal, and TSN 690, uh, the lead sports radio station in Montreal. He'll be joining us at 445, like I said. And in the final hour, we're going to recap the weekend it was for the Bruins. Uh, back-to-back nights. Uh and man, Tuka Rask is in a zone, to say the least. He is in a zone. Three straight starts, two of them coming on back-to-back nights, like I said, and they are off to a 2-0 start on their current road trip. We'll talk to Mick Collagio of the New Bedford Standard Times about that, and then we'll finish things off with our man, Gabriel Morenci. He hosts a GDT MMA meltdown, Morenci Unfiltered on Fantasy Sportsnet, and you can also find him on SportsRageTV.com. We will get his take on what was an epic UFC night until the final fight, which lasted like two seconds. Uh, it did make it to the second round, actually, but it felt like two seconds after all the other long, winding, winded fights. Uh, quite a, uh, quite a moment there. Fight there. card. But yeah, we will, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll play some clips from that. When we, quite a speech by one quite a moment. Conor McGregor, who now holds both titles there in the UFC. Uh, we will get the latest on Gabe about that and recap our NFL and NCAA picks, the latter of which did not go well for many people across the United States not or the betting world. Weekend. Not uh, a good weekend. Interesting, and I can't find the story now because I didn't take down her name. And if you go to ESPN.com and go to their college football page and you try to go in an archive, it's just they don't have just stories. They have, like, tweets, videos. And stories all mixed up in one, so you have to just keep scrolling forever. (laughs) So literally, like, if I was to scroll right now, anything that has been posted college football-wise on ESPN.com since, like, midnight today, I I would have to scroll through all of it. (laughs) So imagine doing that for three days. But the point of my story is here, Saturday morning I wake up, and I always hop on the college football page there at ESPN.com and check out what people are saying about the upcoming games, and this... Uh, lady, she looked fairly young from her picture, too. I've never heard her name, and that's why I can't remember it. Uh, she wrote a story. Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> and she said, what if, let's just pick, put these three scenarios out there for today. Alabama wins, but the number two, the number three, <laughs> and the number four team loses. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. And she had all these different outcasts and, you know, forecasts of what could happen with the rankings and how it would shake up the college football world, and then that happens. <laughs> it was amazing. And of course, uh, Clemson goes down, Michigan loses, and Washington all in one Saturday. So we will get Gabe's take on that. I'm interested, and I wonder if Gabe will be able to tell us, if you had gone to Vegas and, and took the money line, money line parlay, yeah. okay, on Washington, yeah. Iowa, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
Like, you'd probably be buying a new house right now. Yeah, most likely. Off, like, 25 <laughs> bucks. Most likely, yeah. No, seriously. Like, because most places won't even give you a money line when the spreads are as high as they were. Yeah. Uh, I think with the exception of the Washington-USC game, the other two spreads were over 30 points. Yeah. So can you imagine what the money lines were in that? Like, unreal. I mean, that's why I love college football. I mean, I know. You, you never know. know. A lot of people don't watch it or talk about it much around here in the New you England area. But, man, know. just for that reason is why you watch it. It's so fun. And uh, so we'll get his take on that. And, yeah, just a busy, busy weekend in sports. But the Patriots, obviously, the big story. And I'm not worried. Yeah. And I, think- I mean, I, I, I think there's there's chinks in the armor for sure. Yeah. But I don't think it was because they talked about Trump. Yeah, I, I don't think that I was just a distraction. Think, I just think I they got outplayed. It, I, just, I don't think it was because they traded Jamie Collins. No, they just got they just it, got. If Tom King said this is their defense, yeah. and it has been. Yeah, Jamie Collins. You no Jamie Collins. You didn't have a pass rush with Jamie Collins. You didn't have yeah. him without him. Jamie it, Collins it didn't make isn't a difference. Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Okay. It, it didn't make a difference. Jamie Collins made zero difference in this game. Yeah. You just got beat. Period. You got beat. Story. It happens. And it. It was a great game. You tip your hat and you move on. Came down to the last play of the game. That's all. That's all you can ask for, especially the way you played with all the turnovers. Like the fact that you were still in it, and Pete almost gave you or gave you a real good chance with the two point conversion. That's a whole other story. But the fact that you were in it to the very end of this game, to the last play, shows you that this this was a good game. You had a chance there, and you didn't no. play your best game. So that should be at least, like you said, positive thinking and 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 good mojo going forward. But. There were still some things in this game that kind of drove me up a wall a little bit, and I'm, I'm not happy about it. But the fact that they were in it at the end, I'll take it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, switching topics here quickly before we go to break, and back to the UFC fight, I, uh, I took it in at the greatest bar on uh, Friend Street yeah. in Boston, right across from TD Garden there. Um, had some two friends down from Montreal. One of them is originally from England. Uh, from a place called Derby, which I guess is a suburb of London. Uh, he is of Indian descent, and his friends all came over for a 50th birthday party to Boston for the weekend. Yeah. So they drove down. My buddy Gerd and my buddy Tom drove down from Montreal, who I just I just been with them a week before. Yeah, and they uh, they came down. We all met up and we watched the fight. Now this uh, this group that came over from England. They're staying right by the uh, the greatest bar there at the Holiday Inn Express, same street, two doors down. So what they do is they get to the greatest bar just to avoid the line and the cover charge. They get there and get a table at 6 p.m. Yeah. Just to see McGregor. Yeah. They don't really care about any <laughs> of the other fights. Okay? Yeah. Now, I don't know if you heard, the McGregor's fight didn't start until 1.23 a.m. <sighs> Eastern. Okay? Yeah. It's a long time to be there. So... <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it where a whole card up until the main event, every single fight went the distance. distance. Yeah, I've never seen that. Like, I mean, I watch boxing more than I have UFC, so I don't yeah. know if it's happened in UFC, but every single one. And then McGregor's over in like a round and a half. <laughs> but yeah. the environment, I'm telling you, I mean, half the place were guys straight off the boat from Ireland. Tons of Irish flags awesome. all over the place. Awesome. The whole bar, including myself, we were singing ole, 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 ole. Just a great environment. So uh, I want to thank those uh, those mates uh, from England and Montreal. It was a great time. And uh, thank the greatest bar. Uh, just really good times there. And, uh, yeah, quite a speech from McGregor <laughs> after the— You think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we will play that as we come in. 
uh, for the Gabriel Morenci segment at 520. You'll want to hear that if you haven't yet. Check us out then. But uh, we got a great show in store. It's only Monday, but then again, it's last check, 67 degrees outside and sunny, not a cloud in the sky. I hope you're just out enjoying the weather and listening to us on your iPhone or one of your smartphones and you're kicking back in the backyard, sipping a cold one, got the barbecue going because it's probably the last time in a while you're going to be able to do that. So uh, get out there and enjoy it. Get a cough or something if you're still at work and uh, fake sick, get outside. Seriously, go enjoy because if I wasn't sitting here on air, I would be outside right now. Just for no reason except to enjoy this weather. So enjoy while you can, and hopefully you enjoy the show today. The Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire will be back. Our signal, you can always hear us on the TuneIn app. We are 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Welcome back to the Stretch Run. Jimmy Murphy, your host here, live from the ESPN New Hampshire studios in Nashua. Justin Sullivan working the boards, as always, doing a great job after a fun weekend down at URI. But we're not here to talk about URI right now. We're talking about one of, their, one of those opponents uh, that they've had, and that is a UNH, as we do every Tuesday at this time, welcoming on the head coach of the UNH Wildcats football team, Sean McDonald. Coach Mack, how are you, my friend? Doing all right, Murph. How are you doing? Good. Good to be back talking to you. And um, I know uh, not the best of games. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that quickly because there's plenty to look ahead to and move on from it. But uh, you're up 22 nothing. You end up losing 36-25 to in, I don't know, three sentences. There, is there a way you can sum up exactly what happened? Yeah, they did better what they do than what we than we than what we do good. <laughs> Perfect. That was simple. That's it. Perfect. And we move on because I know that's what you want your team to do. Um, and like I said, there is a lot to look forward to. And uh, obviously, this weekend is one of the uh, the weekends that you mark on the calendar all the time. The the Bryce Cowell Musket uh, UNH has won five straight meetings with UMaine for this trophy, and not one player on the team. Currently, uh, has lost to Maine yet. Uh, just talk about the excitement that builds up towards this game every year and how excited they are right now. It, it, you know, the kids, <clears throat> you come out yesterday after a tough loss and you're practicing and doing something, and you get to the end of practice, guys, regardless of where we're at, what we're doing, we're doing one thing this week. We're playing Maine. It's for the musket, it's for bragging rights, it's for 365 days where you hold something that's special to you, you know. And, kids lift up they understand this is the last game that this group's going to be all together for the most part there's no guarantees on anything else telling these guys the seniors got to leave with something that 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 means an awful lot and that would be the Bryce Cowell musket coach and you and you, that's a good point you make there about this being you know possibly the last game you hope not and, and it, the way it looks right now it could very well not be but 
when you go into a game like that each year, um, what's it like for you as a coach knowing that and also for the players? And, and how do you – I guess, you know, you always want to live in the moment, right? You always want to look yeah. towards the next game like you said. Yeah. But how do you do that when, when that's sort of hanging over your head and, and just the emotions that are involved there? you got to let it go. And, and, and you got to remind them to play the way they've been taught to play and, more importantly, play in the way they're going to remember it. What are they going to remember you by? How you played that last one or that one together or how you played that one against Maine for, for the most important rivalry on your schedule. Just put a big target on it, guys. What do you want to remember by? You know, for the most part, over a 12-year period, 13-year period here, we've done a really good job of doing that. And as you said, it, it could be or, or it could not be uh, the last game, and that's because both you and Maine are 6-4, <laughs> and 5-2. and two. Uh, a lot of pundits indicating right now this could very well be, in essence, an NCAA playoff play-in game uh, with the winner making the 2014 field. Uh, what's your take on that? Will will this, if you get a win here in your eyes, is that enough to make it? I got enough, nothing to do with that. You know, I'm, I've come down this two or three years of my coaching career, and I realized that we've put our, our fate in somebody else's hands. The only thing we can control is how hard we play and if we go up there and win and then let something happen after that. It's so huge everybody to understand that because, you know, it was in our hands. We lost last week. Now it's out of our hands. Now let's go just do what we do the best, play hard, find a way to win, and then let everything else take care of itself. And getting back to what I was saying there, too, about just, you know, that last game approaching there. Do you ever, like, during that week in the past, have you had players come up to you and just sort of, you know, one-on-ones maybe where you reflect or – or do you do their best and they do their best to sort of save that for afterwards? What we do every every year is that we uh, we let the seniors talk to the team. And uh, we start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the captains speak on Friday. And we always have them in the week of the main game, if it's the last game of the year, which has been for a ton of years, you know, let them speak about their experience here, let them speak about what they've learned, uh, let them speak about what they feel about playing Maine. It's, you know, it's a – it's it's a good way for us to have those guys, you know, leave the program, you know, and you know, tell them what they think, and tell them, you know, what they got out of it, tell them what they believe in, and things like that. This uh, team coming up right now, Maine. For our listeners that don't know much about them, what are their strengths? What do you need to be focusing on as you prepare for them? Well, when you look at Maine, you, you, what you're looking at is a team that knows how to play the game of football and find ways to win. They've won six games by seven points or less. They have won on the road. They're 4-0 in our conference on the road. Wow. They are a, a, a team that has found a way to get the best out of the guys they have, and, and I mean that in, in, in the best way possible. they got some freshmen that are playing for them. A kid, Josh Mack, uh, running back, has gained 660 yards this year. they got Ernest Edwards, a receiver. they got Micah Wright, a sophomore. Danny Collins has been the quarterback. Their offense has jumped so much in one year with Liam Cohen running the show and, and doing some different things up there really made an efficient offense. Defensively, they're the same type of main team that they've been for for the last you know eight years of my life. And, and uh, watching them run to the football, watching them attack people downhill, watching their secondary people cover people. Joey's got his fingerprints all over everything they got going there. You know, it's just it's just made, and and they're better than they've been because of the way they're playing offense right now. It's a very scrappy bunch, it sounds like. Uh, junior running back for you, uh, Trevon Bryant, came in uh, in relief for Dalton Crossan, who's out left with a concussion. He had a great game, career high, 112 yards, and a touchdown on 18 carries. Uh, first off, is there an update on Crossan? And, and secondly, just your thoughts on the way Bryant came in there in, 
in a tough spot and, and really delivered. Well, Trayvon came in and did what he's done all year and what he's done over his career here. You know, last year Dalton got hurt in the Richmond game, and him and Donnie Goodrich went in there and played a hell of a game. You know, they split the duties. We rushed for over 140, 150 yards against Richmond. This year he's had a great, you know, great average. I think he's got a 5.7 average per carry. He went in there and did what he's done all year long for us, did a terrific job. Dalton, on the other hand, was feeling pretty good after the game. Has cleared up, you know, we're going through the concussion protocol. Um, we'll know more tomorrow when he comes in and takes the, 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 uh, the concussion test and see where it's at. He felt much better today. He felt good on, on Sunday, feels much better today. Hopefully we'll, we'll have him practicing by Thursday and possibly in the game on Saturday. And what's the, what's the protocol when it comes to concussions uh, with the, in college football or at least in, in your Same league? Same thing is I think just about every level right now. You have to be symptom-free. And what mm-hmm. symptom-free means is that you have no headaches, you have no drowsiness, you, you have clear thinking. Then you take a concussion test that you have taken, you know, when you came in as a freshman, uh, sometimes after you have had a concussion or something, you've taken it. And there's a baseline that you have to meet. And there's like four or five different areas that you are, are, are tested on, and you have to pass all those areas. And, you know, <clears throat> then after that, what you've got to do is be able to go out and exercise for a day, uh, run around, catch the ball, you know, throw it, uh, do some bag work, you know, no contact there. Then the next day you can initiate contact, and then the third day you can play and get hit with contact. So, you know, there's a, there's a protocol that it follows, and um, we have a great medical staff here. We have an unbelievable um, bunch of people that are doing that for us, you know, and John Dane and Sidney Michaud and Dr. Fred Brennan. So you feel pretty good how it's worked. We've been successful over the years with it. Is it hard? You know, obviously a kid's going to want to go right back in and they want to battle. They want to be there for their team. Uh, Is that one of the toughest parts, just kind of holding them back and saying, look, you can't do it? The good, the good thing, to be honest with you, Murph, is that I don't have anything to say if he does or he doesn't. You know, he can't come up to me and go, Coach, I'm fine. Put me back in. Right. You know, I have to have the trainer or the team doctor walk up to me and go, we've cleared him. He can go in the next series or he's done for the day. We take, And when they take his helmet away, that pretty much ensures he's done for the day. Right, right. Got you. Well, listen, Coach, we uh, want to wish you the best of luck in this game, and I, I hope next week we're talking to you previewing uh, the playoffs, all right? All right. That'd be a good thing, Murph. We've got to get this one, though, bud. You will. Have a good one, All my right, friend. Man. That's Coach Sean McDonald of UNH Wildcats football joining us here on the stretch run as he does every week here on a Tuesday. And uh, that'd be great. That'd be exciting, you know. And they've got right now the longest streak going uh, in college football in the nation, making the playoffs 12 years straight. That's that's something else, Sully. I mean, uh, you, you grew up around here. You know how good this program they're is. They're very good. They're very yeah. good, and they don't exactly get a lot of talk. I mean, they're, they've gotten more talk now, but UNH is known for being a hockey school, and their football team is very, very good. Yeah. You can't you can't just sleep on them. They, and, of course, Coach Mack having a streak going here. He wants it to keep going. Well, you know, as I'm sitting here talking to him, and, of course, I'm not going to bring this up with the coach, uh, at least not right now, but, you know, you look at that 12 straight years. He's had uh, his predecessor go on to some – Hey, there's, uh, a, there's an opportunity things. there. I mean, you wonder. When is it going to happen? I mean, they may have already been knocking on the door, but yeah. y- you wonder, I mean, am I going to be talking to Coach McDonald next year? <laughs> yeah. And if not, is it because he's gone on to uh, to a higher level? Yeah. Uh, because he's definitely qualified. And you can Absolutely. tell when we talk to him every week that this guy knows his stuff. He's a motivator. He understands the kids, which yeah. is a huge thing. I mean, I think that was a great point he made there. Um is it, it doesn't matter what I think yeah, when a kid exactly. has a concussion. I thought that was really – I've never heard a coach say that. Yeah, yeah he has no say. It's, yeah. <laughs> once they take their helmet away, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
And he's like, I don't want to have a say. Yeah. Which I, I thought that was cool to hear him say that. And yeah. He's like, because he does want to help the kid get back in there, you know? And it's it's an emotional thing. It's a mental thing. It's not yeah. It's not that you, you don't care about his health, but it's just a natural instinct to hey, want coach, to have I'm him good. back. Yeah. I'm good. Let me in there. You know? Right? And so it's good for him that he doesn't have to deal with yeah. that whole situation. <laughs> yeah. So good for him. And it's interesting, ironically, we were talking about it in the first segment, you know, with the whole situation with Gronk there and how surprised we were. But uh, good on UNH to follow those protocols there, and we wish uh, Dalton Cross the best. Hopefully he is in the lineup for the uh, Bryce Call Musket game uh, against UMaine this weekend. Good luck to the Big Wildcats. One. Hey, Justin, we got some picks to go over in the next segment, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I, gotta rush <laughs> I haven't even gone through them, so uh, we will go through them on the air. I don't think they're good. <laughs> I don't think they're too bad. I'm, I'm, a, little, I, I'm a little worried. <laughs> really, I, I feel like we're we're both going to be around 500. We'll 500? See. I'll take it. We'll see. But listen, we will be back here in the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Stay with us. Check out ESPN NH deals on our website, ESPNNHradio.com. How you feel, y'all? Welcome back, Stretcher, on here weekend. on ESPN New Hampshire. Who are these guys, Sully? Tower of Power. Tower this is, this of Power. Is, this is the whole uh, I'm a millennial, but I'm not really a millennial thing. Nice. This is from their 40th anniversary. So we're going way back. Wow. I How love, have I not listened to these guys before? Because I was really awesome. into the P-Funk back in the day. They're awesome. At and UMass. It was them, and it was the... Um, the average white band, and they were just awesome. Both of them were amazing. Same type of music. Same type of music. Okay. Same kind of funk music. And I went. The only thing I wished, and I I wished beforehand, but when I thought of it, we saw it there, and we saw the whole stage. I wish they played a song together. I wish they kind of mixed one together. But there's so much. The average white band had so many different pieces to it, so many different instruments, so many different parts. And T.O.P. is about eight nine guys. So mm-hmm. on there wasn't enough room for them to do it on stage. But it was just 
it's unbelievable. And it's the third time I've seen them, and they get better every time. It's just they are always, always top-notch, amazing performance. Good stuff. I'm going to have to check that out, my friend. They're awesome. We'll have to check that out. And that was uh, down in Rhode Island. Yep, down at Rhode Island, Twin River Casino. It was a great time. Are they coming this way at all? Uh, I think they're I think they're heading back out west for a little bit, but they are releasing new music coming up. They did announce that. That was kind of their big announcement. Um, afterwards, they're releasing a new album coming up in the next six months or so, so they're going to probably make another tour here. And if they've been together forever, and they've there's only two remaining guys that are from the original you know, group. So we're all thinking that this might be the last time we get to see them. This might be it for them. And then they announce at the end of the show that they're making new music. We're like, oh, this is great. They're going to keep going, and they're going to make more music. So... I'm assuming they will be around a little bit more if they're making a new album. So I'm excited. Well, Sully, uh, I do have our NFL picks in yeah. front of me, my friend. Uh, a heck of a weekend, like we said. I mean, really, some awesome great football. games. A lot of close, close games. But it's it's the second half now of the season. I mean, it's getting down to crunch time. And a lot of teams, though they may have sub-500 records, are still in the playoff hunt. They're going to tighten and up, it's, too. It's do or die right now. It's desperate football. So you're going to even get a playoff taste to the games and – that's what we saw this weekend, and I, I think all would agree that uh, the best game of the weekend uh, was either the Cowboys-Steelers or the uh, Seahawks-Patriots. I think the Saints and Broncos would have an argument to make in there as well. Yeah. Uh, but, man, and, and what about the 49ers hanging with the uh, hanging in there. The cards, that, man? I don't I know, did... Is that the 49ers hanging, or is that the cards stinking? It's mm-hmm. a good question. I mean, 13-and-a-half-point was... favorites they exactly. were. Exactly. They only won by three. That was, that was my one. I was like, got counted. See, my rule going forward is I'm never taking anyone with a <laughs> spread. Uh, I'm never taking a favorite that's minus 10 or more yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to be, it. it's going to lock up. Games are going to get closer. You know? Even even with the San Fran team that really doesn't have a lot to play for, they're still going to battle. You know, it's still going to be a tight game. So, yeah, that kind of blew me away. I, I know I I lost that one for sure. That one killed me. Uh, I had Tennessee, which was I was blown away by that. I took Tennessee, and then afterwards I was like, ah, I don't like Tennessee. I don't think I like that one. And they ended up obviously blowing them out. So, I don't know how I ended up, but I, it was definitely a, right now. It was definitely a good weekend of football. There was a lot of action, a lot of close games, and. A lot of weird endings, like the Saints, the ending of the Saints game, like that's just that's weird. Blocked extra point to wow. win a game, like what? When? We, what? When does that happen? It, we, this isn't good, so we, <laughs> we were you. both brutal. You were right. I, we two were and like, seven. And I was way bad, way worse than I thought. Jeez. Uh, both under five hundred. Definitely, I knew. I knew it wasn't a good. Uh, let's just put it this way. I mean, it, it, we were tight. Yeah. <laughs> when it goes to my record versus your yeah. record, you won by one game. You were five and eight. Ooh. And I was four and nine. Wow, that's better than I thought. I thought it was like two and seven. Wow, that's pretty good. I'll take five. I'll take that. Ouch. Five and eight. And of course, Ugh. tonight we both have the Giants. They're a pick against the Bengals. Yes. Uh, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I was just talking to our man Nick Anastos, who you know, of course, on ESPN New Hampshire here from Friday Night Lights. And by the way, uh, re- really big props to our Friday nights, Night Lights crew. Absolutely. Uh, for the coverage they had. Obviously, we carried the Bedford Merrimack uh Instant classic, as we like to yes. call it, uh, here on ESPN New Hampshire. Just an amazing game there. Tons of amazing high school football going on uh, this Saturday. Some upsets. Uh, of course, New Hampshire Sports Page does a great job of covering that. And uh, we'll have all the finals uh, covered for you. Actually, let me, let me get the email because I think, I think Nick sent that out today already. Championship Saturday. Um, he's got it. Coverage. Uh, they, are you ready for this? <laughs> this is pretty sick. Uh, and we'll get back to the pro picks in a bit, but uh, you want football. We have got you covered with high school football this Saturday coming up with all the games over at UNH. Uh, 
we will have a 12-hour marathon broadcast. <laughs> 12 hours. Doesn't get any better than that. We will be on 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., providing coverage for all three championship games. Uh, we've got Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, and Laura Stalock will be our broadcast team on the ground. Uh, Tim Glenday will be manning the studio. Where do you get that coverage? Uh, and then, Where unfortunately, else? Nick Anastos will be in Indiana and Virginia. Uh, so he will not be here. I know he w- would love to be here because he, oh, yeah. he loves this time of year for high school football. But uh, kudos to him and, and all the staff here. They did a great job, and thank you to the listeners for supporting it. I know the kids love it. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll be talking to uh, Dave Haley tomorrow uh, about that and teeing up those games. So definitely we'll get into that tomorrow and as the week goes on. But back to our picks Yes, the Giants-Bengals, and I was talking to Nick, and I said, you know what, the only feel I got for this is the the over. Yeah, yeah, points. <laughs> it's at 48 points right now. I can see a high-scoring yeah, game. Neither points. of these teams have Definitely. any D. Um, they both can score. Uh, it's at MetLife Stadium. I'm taking the Giants. You have the Giants, and it doesn't really, well, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we have to actually pick an over-under here. Hmm. We have to pick a final score because if I win and you lose, we tie. Or if yeah. I no, yeah, oh, no, no, you win. Yeah, I win. So you've won, won no matter way. what. Yeah. You've won no matter yeah. what. So who cares? S- still though, that's it. Should be a high flying, high. I'm not even going to watch this damn game. Forget about it. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be, so we lose or much. Jeez, yeah, high flying, high high score. But by the way, yeah, I was all over the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, I didn't take them in this pool. I wanted to take them in yeah. a pool, in a suicide pool. I'm in and. Gabriel, I said, why are they underdogs? Yeah. What do you say? Because they suck. Because they suck. <laughs> well, they destroyed the Chicago Bears as I expected they would. The Bears are the team that sucks. Yeah. Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler is, awful. is brutal. <laughs> this guy is like the second coming of Jeff George. D- horrid. Horrid. The, fa- mean, the fact that your coach comes out and says, I'm, do- I'm done with him in the middle of the season, it should tell you everything you need to know. He's that bad. He's that much of a, a problem, and it's not even. You know he has an arm. Everyone knows that, but that doesn't matter. You can. There's plenty of quarterbacks that have come through this league that have a great arm that but he's don't a jerk that don't turn into anything because they suck and they're a jerk and they're a terrible part right. of the locker room. They're horrible. Nobody they're not winners. You know. I mean, I don't know why they even put him back in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That team was actually starting to be fun to watch before, and then they go out and they put this guy back in there and. What do you know? They do you want, do you want ba- uh, more bad news for the Bears? Bad news, Bears? No yes. pun intended? No, ba- no pun intended. Alshon Jeffrey suspended four games for PEDs. Wow. <laughs> it, it, gets, it just keeps getting worse over there. Ah, Bears. It just keeps getting worse for the Chicago Bears. Ah, Bears. Jay Cutler, Suck. Alshon Jeffrey. It's a mess over there. That is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. And it's not going to get any better. That's not, that's, that doesn't help the situation. It's not going to get any better for them. So let me say, we, we were saying, you know, uh, it was interesting. There were only two four o'clocks, right? Yeah. Uh, and we were saying earlier, I think it was Thursday or Friday on the show, we were both talking, wow, look at all these guys. I mean, there was more than one o'clock, so obviously yeah. so the chance of good matchups happening happened. Uh, but there were some great games there, like we said at the top of the segment. What games uh, locked you in? If any, I don't know if you were traveling at the time. I was, still, tra- I was still coming back. Um I didn't get back till about three, so I saw the ends of a lot. Like I saw the end of the Saints game. I saw the end of you know a lot of these action pack. I had red zone on, obviously, and just it's just weird. And there's a lot of weird endings. A lot of you know I have it's the story is too. My buddy when I was in Rhode Island, his roommate is a diehard Saints fan. Is a diehard Saints fan. So two weeks ago when I was down, 
they were playing the Seahawks. And I had I had picked the Seahawks here, and he's obviously a Saints fan. So I'm sitting there. Saints end up winning the game and uh, on the last play. It was kind of similar to last night where uh, the Seahawks had one throw at it, didn't get it. Crazy. We were going we were going back and forth there. This week I was with him. I had the Saints, so I texted my buddy. I said, "Look, give me give my condolences because there's there's no there's there's no worse ending to a game than a blocked extra point taken the other way, taken to the house." Like that's just it doesn't get any worse than that. That is the worst feeling in the world, and I felt for him. You know, that's just that's a brutal ending. But I my big game, and I sat down, finally got to sit down to watch from start to finish the boys, and they continue continue to look great. Dak Prescott continues to make the. It's not that he's flashy; he just makes the throws that he needs to make when he needs to make them. He just makes the right throw, well, makes the right decision, and Elliott is a beast. <laughs> you know, everybody's been talking about what are the Cowboys going to do with Romo and Prescott and what's going to happen there, and of course Jerry Jones answered that, that Romo is the backup no matter what now, yeah. unless Prescott gets hurt. Um, so that's solved. But I think the bigger question, and it should have been a bigger question for the last few weeks, is the Cowboys continue to roll, and the man you just mentioned, uh, Elliott, continues to roll towards not only a Rookie of the Year trophy, which is pretty much a lock right now. Yeah, that's a, that's a lock. Uh, yeah. But also possibly he's getting MVP yeah, talk. absolutely. Uh, my question is, though, what happens if he's guilty, like they said yeah. on the uh, oh, yeah. on the Christian and King show? I yep. mean, first of all, I want to say right now, and I like this is not to take away from what he's accomplished. I think he's a great running back, and you know nothing can argue that. However, the Cowboys should feel very, very lucky that they're not in other sports. We discussed it with Bob Bardis yeah. in NASCAR. Even if you're being investigated, he wouldn't even be playing. He wouldn't you even won't, be playing right You're now. on plane. Yeah. If you and I here at this radio station, if we had similar charges trumped well, up on. against us, we'd either be fired or we'd be suspended yeah, without pay. Yeah. Okay? At probably 99% of any job on the planet, well, maybe not on the planet, but in the United yeah. States, in North America, you would be suspended or fired. And he gets three And touchdowns. I understand innocent until proven guilty. Yes. So I'm not calling him guilty. But I'm saying the mere fact that he is involved with us, involved in this, that is gaining steam, is once again a horrible, horrible reflection on the lack of sensitivity towards a very sensitive topic by the NFL. And the NFL, again, as they always seem to be, should be ashamed of themselves. Yes. He shouldn't be playing. They're a little late here. They're a little late here, and it's 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 a it's a and trend so now. You know, that's that's the problem. It's are a you trend. T- it, let's let's say we wake up tomorrow, yeah, and and it's just formal charges fall against, and and he's, I mean, he's looking really guilty, and his this video and all this yeah. coming out. You really think they're going to suspend him? Yeah, that's that's my issue. Is I I don't know. An I don't MVP, know Rookie of the Year candidate. I don't know with this league. I don't. I can't. I can't figure it out. Jerry Jones Everything, is the owner of the yeah. team he plays for. Yeah. With all the pull he hearing, Everything you're hearing is that they're making him public enemy number one. They're going deep into this. They're investigating. They're taking their time to make sure they get everything right. The problem is they don't get it right. I don't care how long you take. You never get it right. You're going to screw this up somehow. Christian well, they already earlier, screwed it they're up. They're going to screw it up. Even, and even if they get all this evidence and he's absolutely right and they, and they put their suspension down, they, they still screwed it up. They took too long. And the fact that he's still playing right that, now. Well, that, that's, that's it. They it. already screwed up. They already screwed it up. 
and, it's and done. It's a mess, you know. They, and you're they right. will not they, suspend they, him. They won't do it. They, they won't. Absolutely, they'll will not wait do till it. the off season because he's too much they'll, of a story. They'll get the information right, and it yeah. won't come out unless uh, a reporter does some amazing reporting. Or it's leaked they'll or anything sit like on that. it. Yeah. And then over the summer, or the, over it. the off season, it will it will break. Yeah. In like you know. February, right after the yeah. Super Bowl, you yeah. know, yeah. Mar- or March, March. March when they're not, when they're irrelevant. In between the Super Bowl and the draft, right then is when they'll drop that. They might already know. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's a problem. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's a serious typical problem, NFL, you know? and, and it disgusts me. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying here, I mean, I do think he's guilty, but yeah. I'm not saying he should be punished as if guilty. He should be punished as if suspected of, yes. as he would be in any other job. It's just insane to me that this man is allowed to have this much of an impact on not just his own team, the whole league. Yes, MVP candidate, MVP candidate. That's that's. And not now a joke. think of the egg on their face they're going to have if he gets the MVP. Let's say the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's say they win the Super Bowl and he gets Super Bowl MVP. And then afterwards, and then a month later, reporter, they're going to drop this. Yeah. You know, he's sitting there and calls a couple sources and just right time, right place, gets the story, and boom. Yeah. Do you know how bad they're going <sighs> to look? They, they wonder why they're losing ratings, too. They, they question, why are we losing ratings? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Uh, I don't know. It's because you screw up every single investigation you deal with. It every single one. It you shouldn't mess be it this hard. It really shouldn't be that hard to get something like that right, but they find a way to get it wrong all the time. Anyways, on to positive stuff. Sorry to go on that little rant there. Oh, we just, had to do it. It was just interesting, though. Like, I mean, it's like this elephant in the room that nobody talks about. Yeah. Why? Should talk about it. Of course. It's a very serious thing, and the NFL is is in quicksand with this right now, and it's not going to be good when it finally breaks if he's guilty. So. Something to keep an eye on. We shall see. But in the next segment, we're going to go back and look at the Patriots Seahawks. We'll get the X's and O's with our man, John Serenades of xandjoe.com. So stay with us. The Stretch Run will be back on ESPN New Hampshire. Holly from Merrimack High School.